like you've got death and you've got rebirth. You know, in a very literal sense, we are confronted by death in this, this, this case. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Dance Bands. I'm your host and who am I? A small bird looking for food in the middle of the night. And today I'm here with Cassidy McDermott-Smith. Cass started dancing when she was a wee tot and then we went to school together and danced together growing up. Then she got a scholarship to the USA to dance at Point Park University where she learned Horton Graham Ballet Cunningham technique and worked with choreographers such as Bobby Jean Smith, Asha Barton and Beth Gill. So Cass was deep in her freelance dance career when the coronavirus happened and we are deep inside of the coronavirus right now, ladies and gentlemen. So Cassidy has come back home for isolation and here she is. Hello. Hi, Cass. We should, I should say... This is not a pre-corona episode. In fact, this is so relevant and I decided that I would get a guest in two days before the show comes out and see if I can challenge myself to get myself together and edit it uh, in time and maybe it will be more relevant to people. So today is May the, what's the date? The 16th. The 16th of May. 17th. And so this is my friend Cass and she's, we're going to, talk about now um so yeah anyway that's what do you reckon but you don't have to answer it about now you know that's what I reckon (laughs) (laughs) are you afraid of dying um well you know I like to say no I do my meditation things and you know they say like meditation is a preparation for death but if I think if I think if someone came up to me and (laughs) I probably would like not enjoy this so much but there's a moment on a plane you know when you're flying through the sky and you get this turbulence and it's like well this could be it for me and when I'm in this state, I'm like, well, you know, I've had a good run. So maybe I'm braver than I think. We're talking in like context of uh, a global pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) What's the context of you in the global pandemic? Where were you, Cass? Oh, okay. So um, I was living in New York City. That is a, a hustle and a bustle. (laughs) you were dancing actually I don't even know what you were doing do I mean I was dancing and I I was also like not dancing a lot I was coming out of a four-year dance degree in a different city I was sort of you know coming out of this dance education world and coming into the professional world and really like re-establishing and reassessing what it meant to me to be, have this relationship with dance. And I worked in uh, a couple of dance projects and did some performance. But yeah, so I moved to New York with this idea in my mind that I was going to like take class and audition and do these things that you do when you graduate and you move to New York. But yeah, to be honest, a lot of the time was meeting new people consuming a lot of art going to art galleries watching a lot of dance I was sort of like loosening my grip on what I needed to do to like nice yeah 
yeah, in my mind, I was always like, okay, I want to be in a contemporary company, modern company, like that has, I don't know, the traditional idea of being successful in what, in dance. But I kind of discovered that there are lots of ways to, to do this. Take me apart and put me back together. <laughs> yeah. All the time, anytime. Yeah. Midnight gospel, man. Whoa. What a fucking show, man. Yeah, I've only made it through. I just did episode five where the oh character like repeats, like he has to keep going back. Oh my God. That, I think that's so my painful. favorite one. Yeah. I, I think it's my favorite one. It gets really, uh, I mean, the last episode, man, get ready to be destroyed. Cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. I'm I'm losing. Are they, do you still have answers? I'm sorry. I feel like I'm interrupting you. No, you're doing. You're. I'm just excited. This to, is the host with the most. I'm excited to be here. I'm with you. so. I am. Uh, it's it's a pleasure. It's a delight. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever stolen something? Yeah. <laughs> Have you? Can you speak another language? Uh, a little bit sing. of see, little little poco, poco or poco. Can you sing? <laughs> but I wish I could. Like if I had, if a genie came out of a little vase right now and said, like, you get three wishes. I want to fly. I want to breathe fire, and I want to sing. I'm thinking like Charizard, kind of like Dragonfire. What's that? It's a Pokemon. Okay. You mm. seem like a nerdy enough person to understand what a Charizard I don't know. is. Yeah, I don't know Pokemon so well. I had one game, but that's bore a boring thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have an enemy? No, love everyone. Do you play any uh, musical instrument? I can play piano, sort of okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you want to be famous? Yes, and I will be a pop star one day. <laughs> Ballet or jazz? Ballet. Wiggles or high five? Wiggles. Matt Corby at Splendor in the Grass on the Grass or Matt Corby in the Backyard Secret Sessions? Did you go to one once? I saw Matt Corby live a couple of times. Both of them were sort of like in the medium of both of those things. Oh. It is pretty religious experience when there's just all these gorgeous people just like bowing down to this gorgeous man and he's so gorgeous wow i think matt corby is so beautiful in fact this is one of the reasons why i um study journalism is because i saw a, an interview of matt corby online that was just so badly done and the journalist had no empathy whatsoever. She was asking dumb questions. He clearly was like emotionally affected mm. by in the interview circumstance. And there was so much that could have been pulled out of this beautiful man. Yeah. And I was like, this is where I must step in and be my own journalist. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So when did you start this um 
like passion for journalism with this you know because I knew when we were in high school together you wanted to do yeah I always have wanted to I I don't know I've always had an interest in people this is boring no one wants to hear about me I'll probably cut this out but yeah I I think I've always wanted to interview people I have this complex of what need wanting to pretend that I'm modest and so inadvertently I'm the star of the show but making it about someone else so that people don't realize that uh directly if that makes sense that is uh, a completely australian thing yes you know this like tall poppy syndrome yes um like quietly confident but never like it the worst thing you can possibly do as an australian is to be loudly like i am i am confidently myself and i am yeah yeah amy zhang talks about this on the podcast which is going to be the next episode Yes, it's it's one of those, um, I don't know if I believe in this, but like an introverted extrovert quality, I don't know, a combination of like mm. Virgo traits and then um, yeah, totally. uh, very insecure and but at the same time certain in other ways. But anyway. Yeah, like people give you a little high five on the red carpet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. But like I don't necessarily have to be the one standing there in shot I find that kind of uncomfortable sometimes being the center of attention this is a very niche place to be this like yeah I I don't want to be behind the scenes I don't want to be like the man like the person like making something nah fuck that I want to be there I want to be yeah (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. so that's probably enough about me because this is not about me this is about you and we're still in the middle of yeah, nah, because oh, I have okay. to ask you if you want kicks, turn, jumps or urban choreo. Kicks, turns, jumps. Yes. Oh, but, uh, well, if I wasn't actually following my heart, which I so often don't do, let's, let's learn that urban choreo. Yeah. 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 Uh, advanced tap or beginner tap? Advanced, advanced. Tap. Yeah. You can tap, eh? Hey? Um, okay, pelvic floor or six deep outward rotators? I didn't even need to hear the second one. Pelvic floor, baby. Yeah. <laughs> How much Graham have you trained? Quite a bit. Um, I have this Graham master in college who was a disciple of Miss Graham. It was, a, it was um, like a hallmark of my training in modern, yeah. The funny thing about like real Graham teachers is the way that they explain things. It's it's not even like goes around the point. It goes like in a spiral. <laughs> we thought we're getting to the point, but then we are like, oh, and then we nearly reach the center and then we like unwind again. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean about that. It's Graham. It's, it's because, you know, why focus on the answer when the journey is the important part? I think that was yeah. like the lesson that they were trying to instill the whole time. But then somehow in that process, you become this incredibly proficient dancer. It is so weird, isn't it? Because it's all about, uh, it's like hammering this, the importance of efficiency while delivering the most extravagant metaphor about the thing. But then, like, I guess if you're trying to explain something, 
you need to feel it. So they're not going to just say like, this is this in the same way that you've been taught for your whole life. They're going to try and like use some poeticism so you can understand qualitative version of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a day um, when we went to America together and we did a class at Alvin Ailey. We had this Graham, Martha Graham class and the lady was wearing a unitard. I mean, that's not anything special there. She did something about diamonds are a girl's best friend <laughs> in her. Like, that's what the class was about. Um, not the song, the, like the idea of diamonds being a girl's best friend. And I remember that I couldn't dance because I was laughing so hard that I was weak. And we were trying, like, we were trying so hard because she was a great teacher, but she was just so funny and it was so ridiculous. And she was making, we were too young to appreciate it. She was like making a lot of kind of sexual grunting noises. And it was, yeah, it was a class I remember, but I don't remember well enough to explain why it was funny. But I mean, that so many of those experiences happened way back when we were dancing together. I wish I had of, you know, there's like, there's memories that are transferred through photos and like you see a photo, you're like, oh, that triggers some memory. Mm -hmm. But some of the dialogue that is just evaporated away is just tragic, you know? Yeah. I like my, if I could go back and tell like 15 year old Cass, well, let's go even further back, 12 year old Cass, do one thing, keep a diary and like write Mm. things down and like yeah yeah because you think that it's burned so hard into your brain like here's another one I remember we were sitting in the audience of one of those state dance performances and there was some kind of dance about magician (laughs) and we couldn't stop laughing and I I'm sure I wrote it down somewhere but I don't think I wrote enough because I thought I would remember why it was funny but I don't right right I mean a lot of those things like Probably if we saw them now, like, I don't think we would have found them. I don't know. Like, I think we were on the edge of exhaustion for (laughs) such a majority of the time during high school. The hystericalness was ever present. (laughs) Do you remember when we were in Texas, we were at Booker T High School. Shout out to Booker T, all the Booker T kids on the line. Yeah, Booker T, like, changed out everyone's life whoever like anyone who went to our school um high school dance trip to new to dallas to visit booker t this amazing performing arts high school in texas our lives were changed forever by that we experienced Um, well uh, like some of my friends like my closest friends in college were um uh, graduates of wow. it, went, it really yeah, went I was full really circle like there. jealous of those kids man yeah. they had such a special experience of dance education mm. um but anyway, anyway, anyway there was a there was a gunman on the loose and, what the fuck? and we had to get we got locked down in a dance studio with um <laughs> hundreds of other kids and there and it was the funniest thing <laughs> that happened that entire trip <laughs> we were pissing ourselves laughing and like we were playing with your toes and there was a man who appeared in a wheelchair in the darkness and it was a hysterical moment and I think something about these times of laughter in especially in that age range where I think 
just the overwhelm of all this that's being revealed to you in life and the dichotomy of things that are very serious and you have to take yourself <laughs> and the situation seriously. But it's just so funny. That Okay, that is the times I remember in, in my life laughing the most of the times in which there is someone saying you cannot laugh right now (laughs) yeah uh yeah I had a I had a teacher in college who was a sociopath (laughs) just insane you know he would um very seriously insult people like it was quite scary to be fair but me and my friend would just be like biting our lips and like getting our nail and like digging it into our hand and like looking at each other through the mirror and just be like you cannot like laugh because he will tell you a new one like if you even like yeah yeah that would happen in our the situation with the mirror would happen a lot there was one thing that you could be certain of during high school and it was that dance assessment day was going to make you laugh so hard in a state of stress that you couldn't control without fail and this was because for our assignments at school we would have to dance a solo in front of each other but facing the back so that the audience was facing the mirror so we could all see each other in the mirror while the person was dancing and the pressure was on so hard not to laugh oh, well wow. um, anyone anyone who was giving a performance that was unexpected which is a <laughs> bigger number of people than you expect i mean <sighs> what would you describe it as when are the times that you laughed in dance assessment day uh, it's a very human thing to to be afraid and when you're afraid you laugh like as a way of deflecting or yeah there's lots of just like I think it was also just funny to see like your friends be embarrassed and like having to do this like silly dance with like a top hat yeah Yeah, there were so many times we'd have to do embarrassing where we're just like oh I don't want to do this one (laughs) (laughs) oh it's all like coming back (laughs) But yeah, often there'd be like someone in the class that nobody knew very well or who had come (laughs) from a non-dance background who was giving it their best shot and they had made the movement up themselves and it was just from a, a scope of movement that wasn't in your vocabulary and it struck you by surprise <laughs> and sometimes if i mean if somebody tripped over dude during that <laughs> just absolutely like oh. forget about it yeah <laughs> oh. uh wow yeah 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 <laughs> if you could capture this essence of what it meant to laugh during a dance assessment and put it in a little vial sell it on the shelves mate you'd be making millions yeah yeah (laughs) yeah or not what was the question yeah 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 that's the end of yeah or not would you like to play words or other words yeah i would where i say a word and then you say the next word the first word that comes to your head i think yours will be cool let's play 
blanket, yoga, mouth, kisses, free, willy, flute, tit. (laughs) (laughs) Round. Oh, two. Round two. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Loud. Bonkers. Find. Keys. Nice. Girl. Drugs. Ecstasy. Words. (laughs) Speech. And that's the end of words or other words. It kind of got boring. Yeah, <laughs> not, not like not your fault. That round, was like why round two? Because I sort of just like I thought <laughs> I thought there was like a break in the game, and um, it was sort of like okay, round two, round two oh, of right, yeah. And so it's getting cold yeah. out here in these unprecedented times. Hey, so these are unprecedented times we're living in. How have you? navigated now i'm the one asking the questions hey now i'm the one with the questions (laughs) so how are you um have you found that your life is like dramatically different now due to this pandemic not so much i was quite uh i was quite at home a lot of the time anyway i've i'm equally which is I'm very difficult to understand how, but I'm equally as um, stressed and burdened by routine, schedule, full-time work and uni, uh, just from a new context. And that's not good for anybody's mental health, I don't think. Time will only tell. Yeah. How about you? I mean, you must be going through a very drastic change in scenery. Well, yeah. The big one had to move countries because of it. I mean, I didn't have to, but it would have been um, being in New York when this all started crumbling was very scary. And the vibe in a place like New York, you can, uh, I mean, when you're quite literally like living on top of people, the collective energy, like you you can feel it. When you're that like intertwined with a buzzing community you can feel when there is this like this drop or shift in energy experience and it just all of a sudden became this scary like oh my god like everything's scary there is like this dark cloud demon just like yeah yeah there was a day here in Oz where everything changed I, I, I think it was a lot of people felt it this way it started when the th- the theaters first shut down. Maybe, maybe just because like a lot of my friends are like artists and stuff. Yeah, I think that shifted the seriousness like a whole other level. And most many, I can only speak for myself. I love to fucking talk about what everyone else. I hate that. Um, yeah, I can yeah, only uh... speak for myself when I say that I experienced a peek through the door of a slippery slope to my impending doom and I have a new sense of the fact that I am going to die and I think perhaps that's a wonder if it all turns out for the best well 
Okay, so in this rapid period of transformation, you don't get transformation without this really important theme of death. It means something is going to, like you've got death and you've got rebirth. You know, in a very literal sense, we are confronted by death in this, this, this like, case. <laughs> Here I am trying to do this, like, <laughs> really cool, like, let's talk about uh, death. Okay, all right. So. No, I mean, no. I, this, this is real. This is it. This is what I want. Yeah, absolutely. So, go there. So, I'd like I'd love to do this justice because it's something I have been thinking about as well for a little while. Yeah, so like quite literally being confronted by death in this period of time. It's like, well, how much do you want to look at that? Like you can and it's it's always up to you the more you want to like dive into these things and the more you do, which I think like we should challenge ourselves to sit and look death in the face and like what does that mean that we are like mortal and we have these bodies that are like just yeah doomed to perish wow yeah I think that's a huge element of the resistance again me looking at everyone else and not myself but I think it's clear to see a lot of people are going I just want to get back to my job I just want to get back to being me and doing me Mm. and who is me I think perhaps Perhaps the idea of being alone and being alone with yourself and spending time on your own is so haunting to a lot of people because it is in some strain the um, the confrontation of your mortality, a truth or a pain in your existence that usually can be filled a distract by distraction of other people and doing things and drinking and and events and running around like a pork chop and being stressed and having things that I have to do because I'm me and then as soon as you're alone and there is no goal and there is no distraction it's like me and my death yeah yeah you and your death like hmm It is so much like this incubator period of self. There's this thing that's happening where we're eliminating the future tense, which is where a lot of uh, the time, our mental time goes to, like what are we doing next? But also like forcing to sit in the present. So like there's lots of stuff coming up and hopefully we're in like safe enough spaces to be able to battle this stuff but I really feel for people who are like I haven't like actually been um in a lot of dialogue with uh about this how hard this really can be yes and how relative the experience is from one person to another because you know it's one thing isolating in a mansion it's another thing isolating with a boyfriend or a girlfriend Oh my God, Um, I would like, I literally think people are like, oh, I wish I had a boyfriend, like partner during this time. I am so blessed to be single right now. Like I wish I'm living with my family, which is, you know, a thing to be alone would be, oh, bliss. I mean, the experience, I just, yeah, I can't even, I, I can't imagine. I like, 
I've had glimpses into the idea of being in a really confined, in a small space, in a space with people that you don't want to be with, in a situation financially. Whoa, that's a whole other layer of horror. And um, I I hope that we can find those people and help them out if oh man, yeah. they're around us. Totally, um, totally. Say that louder to have a support network. Like I imagine... I don't know, being like supporting a family. Mm. These images coming out of New York of just like the train still being packed in places like the Bronx who are like uh, lower socioeconomic groups of people predominantly and just like the platform being full with people like they don't have the luxury to mm. stay at home and work on a computer yeah it's um then there's this whole other you know conversation about how this is just targeting vulnerable like the mm. vulnerable people in our mm. society mm. I mean I don't know if I want to yeah go yeah. down that path but I think it's important to say how about um how about dance in this time? Mm, yeah, okay. I've really actually reestablished a lot of love for dance in a new kind of way during this time. The isolation forces you to hold yourself accountable for your own training or I don't know, if we're like on this theme of reflection, like reassess what you want dance to mean in your life for me it's been um you know this sort of daily thing like do some yoga do some online ballet class or something and like watch dance that makes me feel inspired and like I think like dancers have been doing an incredible job of being really savvy um with with the way that they are yes. still like maintaining this these connections. How's about um Gaga class online? Yo, how they like killed the game straight yeah, off the bat? Yeah, Israel was doing it like one of the first to be mm. hit by all of this. I feel like the first person to put out an IG live was Teddy Tedom. Ted home, Ted home. This guy from who was in So You Think You Can Dance made me and Michael cry a lot in his audition. Anyway, anyway, that's uh, uh, a <laughs> It's a glorious and beautiful experience to to take the Gaga class online in and see all these people who are doing it at the same time and seeing the um the soul of the instructor like being poured out through the cam. But at the same time, I personally find a uh it's something negative. It's like a, <laughs> a we've got we've got this like uh, realm of words and somewhere on the spectrum <laughs> over here somewhere negative. Um, it's feels something feels wrong. Something feels wrong in me about this cyber cyber dance element of connection that you can never truly get by being through a screen. The three D people are being flattened into your 2d screen and yeah man it's well, a bit mm. like what's the point in me like it makes me want to just stop 
it may yeah it's like a sad it's like sad it's scary it's it's something a little bit it's breaking me apart in a way when I do these virtual zoom classes oh and then don't and then uh um the the non like live ones where it's like a captured footage that you watch like a package that you can watch back Ooh, later yeah, like no, the no, CLI no, ones they frighten me they make me think of Blade Runner it yeah. feels very like a hologram in the future like this is how things could be always well I think I dig that I feel like some of if not all of the reason why dance is so cool and why it's kind of rebellious in this world where it is becoming more we can uh, interact through screens listening to people and feeling like feeling what a person actually feels like to be next to you you can't replace that there is no substitute and I mean I guess this this is a substitute (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I know what you mean about it not feeling right though because you go into a dance class and you leave with this energy of feeling like human experience intensified, of being really vulnerable around other people and experiencing this joy and frustration and like showing that and have other people witness that. It's this like amazing uh, symbiotic relationship that you're, that you're forming in these like mini um, incubator worlds that is, you know, so (laughs) yeah I yeah I that's exactly how I'd put it I've found a new um a realization of what dance is in my life and it's very profound and it makes me realize that I dearly miss already it's been not very long but I miss the class environment and that I value it so much and I hope that the the gratitude for that last beyond a few like the couple of weeks of like well this is great we're back whether and then you know when we then we don't even know anyway so like why are we prophesizing about like what's it's gonna you know again we're like creating that future the fake future that isn't like now is all you have and the future is just a projection of and you never you're never right not very often and yeah but anyway yeah I mean yeah yeah I I also think it should be said like that it's not the same and it's it's not as full in a lot of ways and it's not as real to not be with other people but I also think it's cool and going back to like what I said before like it puts responsibility on yourself like a lot of Mm. a lot of the reasons why like I'm trying to do something really hard in a dance class is because there are other people there holding me accountable yeah and like I'd like to think that I would do that if no one was watching or there anyway and it reveals itself to you now like I I know and like just doing this with sort of like no reward of like someone patting you on the back it's like okay like well I would do this anyway and like I will do this anyway yeah yeah, I think I'm finding a similar thing that I am dancing for the joy. I'm finding myself taking more hip hop and commercial classes than I ever have, perhaps because of that environment with all the people around that I am not very good at. Um, mm. It tends to drain me a lot emotionally. Those um, 
classes with like big name people or like they're just intense and I always end up crying afterwards really in my car for half an hour oh really yeah yes good for you for putting I mean yeah for putting yourself in that situation to well yeah I feel like yeah every to time do it I anyway. do it I think I'm not gonna go back like I um, what is it that makes you I don't know. I guess I'm facing an insu- my insecurities. There's yeah, there's so much about it. Hey, uh, I must explicitly state that again. It's it's just my experience, and it's nothing on the other people. This is all about me and my problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think people people probably think that I am ripping on. The dance world in some in ever I mean that's a whole other conversation, but um yes, it's just me. It's it's me and me and my problems. I so think that it's good to be welcome. um generous with sharing your you and your problems because often I think a lot of people can take something from that. I just I think I go on my own to these classes and I feel um like nobody else goes alone to these things anymore Mm, i feel like dance has this perhaps this kind of dance has become more more about a position that you hold in the room rather than you being there to learn to move a certain way or something like and every break every time there's a break we can get a drink of water or something everyone is um talking to each other and making their establishing their connections and proving themselves and and I obviously don't know anyone in those classes so Mm. I'm alone and and anyone else who's alone runs to their phone so there's no genuine interaction there's no kind of like offering Mm. of welcome to the environment it's like a very um uh cat fish eat fish yeah, right. Well, hmm. And I, I know that sounds so negative, but... I think we have the power to perpetuate that and feed into this um, classroom hierarchies. And I also... Mm, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist because with social media and the amount of followers you have, like, equaling your worth is a very real thing that I've mm. I've I've seen but I think it is in all of our best interests not to make assumptions about people around us and if we have this giving people the benefit of the doubt and I I mean I'm just speaking hypothetically here cuz I haven't put myself in um commercial situations like this I'm more of a like improvisational world, which that can be scary too. I don't know. It's it's it it mm. can be scary, but I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that we feel a bit of fear, and that yeah, that fear that isn't always real. Like what or like what we're scared of can often just be us projecting 
Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I think I've gone through, like, I don't think I feel the same way about these classes as I did back then now because I think I've gone through a bit of a look at myself and, and thinking about how this is me. In being so insecure, you're also judging the people around you. And I'm assuming that they're all thinking these things about me when they probably aren't. And yeah, we all do this thing. Yeah, we all do this thing. But I just, I think I get the sense that I'm alone in my endeavor when I go to those classes and that there's nobody like me mm. there who doesn't really know what they're doing and doesn't feel um, confident in the social environment or confident with the movement. And so I think there's a... But maybe that's that's the thing actually. By taking yourself out of what is seen to be like the normal and putting yourself lower, maybe you're actually putting yourself on a pedestal because there's this separation of yourself and yeah. the collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully. Fully. Because like... I don't know. In meditation, you're learning like you've got all these things. You've got these thoughts that are coming into your head and you're just you're listening to them and you're hearing them and you're just not giving power to them or acknowledging that that not, might not be the truth. And by doing this, you're taking away this barrier between yourself and others it's fuck I'm like not gonna try and like deconstruct a concept of self but like (laughs) (laughs) that's like kind of what I'm alluding to yeah yeah if that makes sense it's yeah it's it's such a collapse of multiple uh contexts of who you are and who you think you are and who you think the other people are that I get overwhelmed and um yes and I, I very, I lose any certainty that I thought I had. And, you know, I can go to a ballet class and I'll never feel like that. Mm. And I suppose maybe if those people that I feel are so confident and certain try to ballet class themselves, they'd be in that position maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. There's so many layers though. There's layers. With, yeah, with dance, okay. This goes pretty deep. Oh. I was thinking about the way that dance since we've been children has been given to us as this you're not just like learning a skill you're learning it and you're comparing yourself yes with there's always like an order of like who's who's good at this who's not good at this and it's very clear and then like given the addition of it's a skill with your body so it's this like mushing of like okay I am not good at this and Therefore, like, I am, the art form is, like, on your butt. It's not like painting where it's, like, okay, like, this painting isn't good. Mm, The painting isn't good. It's, like, I am not good at this dancing. I can't pick up this choreography, whatever it is. Therefore, like, I am. Yeah, and you are the embodiment of that inadequacy. Exactly. And then the other thing of the aesthetics and beauty and, like, looking a certain way and, you're being complimented it's like oh you know that was beautiful that was that was beautiful yeah and like these are like things reinforced from like from childhood you know like yeah. education of this kind of thing yeah so like there are all these different layers of like why we take our failures or our missteps so fucking personally 
Yeah. And then, hey, that's maybe that's part of why now is a, a special time that we haven't gotten to experience before of perhaps slightly removing that that side of it mm. because there aren't the other people and there isn't the judgment and you can just be dancing alone in your room. Uh, there's no external reaction from the world about what you're doing with your body and you can just strip and isolate the sensation of the dance. Amen. And what a beautiful yeah. thing that is, just to dance for the joy of it. Oh, speaking of tear ducts, before I forget, five little ballet shoes. Because it's, it's, it's a global pandemic and so ev- there's lots of free online stuff to consume. But in my heart, I feel like I, I must share my favorite ever dance show I've come to realize that it's out for free and you can watch it online and it's called Betroffen Height by Crystal Pite and Jonathan Young Ooh. and Crystal Pite's company Kid Pivot. It's my favorite show ever I've ever seen in my life. I saw it live a couple years ago and it just utterly destroyed me. It's dance, bands, it's everything that I love about dance and I thought that today... <laughs> I would show it to Cassidy because she hasn't seen it yet, but I'll put now in our reaction to watching Betroffen Height online because I know that I won't be able to speak once we've seen it and I reckon Cass probably won't either. I think you're going to like it a lot. Um, I mean, we both love Crystal Pipe, right? Um, Right. We'll put that in. Okay. So what do you think? Oh, the combination of uh, extremely emotional narrative done so clearly with dance that is um, so full, like there is no um, trying to guess what they're trying to say, which I think is what makes it so obviously powerful. The theme is there. You don't have to do all this mental work to be like, what are they trying to say? Which I don't mind that. Like, I'm not shitting on that. Like, I love I love a bit of cryptic. They're doing what they're trying to do so fucking well. Which is rip your heart out, basically. Yeah. This one really gets, gets yeah. you. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, I don't have words for the power of it for me. It just makes me cry. I mean, a lot of things make me cry. Like, um, yeah, a lot of dance makes me emotional. If I saw, oh my <laughs> God, like, I feel like if live would just be. Yeah. I mean, this is like 1% of, like, yeah, yeah. My seeing it happen live was like, man. And yeah, I was just like, I mean, from even from the first half, I was like, I was like, I am now. Mm. And so then by the end of it, I was like, <laughs> I was just like heaving in the theater, like, like fully like sobbing really loud and sat. I think I'm pretty sure we sat there for a, like a long time after it was over. Yeah. Cause, oh, cause we didn't say what it was. We didn't explain what it was about. Yeah. I think once you know, 
like that this little piece of information about the backstory of the show like really changes the whole experience right like if you hadn't known that so the man who plays the main character the actor Jonathan Young wrote the show himself about himself and he had an experience I mean they never explain in any of the videos where they talk about the show what actually happened to him but you can look it up so yeah uh if if you just like look even up if you articles, didn't yeah. i mean if you even if you didn't know like you would still you would still you get enough of an idea yeah, of what yeah. happened yeah i assumed like a car accident or something when i saw the show but yeah upon further research you yeah he mm. had a like really extreme tragedy occur in his life and this show happened like around a decade later after he had kind of come to terms as they say in the show mm. with the thing it resonates with me so much and it's by far my favorite show I've ever seen because I think like that is the power of dance you know to mm. to bring something to life that you could never have the words for and then again like there's no point in us like speaking about it because you need to feel it by seeing it for yourself, you know, and maybe it doesn't affect everyone the way it did for me, but I think that Crystal Pied is a genius and the dancers and yeah, like if you're talking on a structural level, the, the choreography and the set and everything, they just produce this scenario that you can inherently relate to and you don't know why and you can see yourself in there and and not, yeah, nothing needs explaining either, I think. Oh, it would take like so much bravery. Like I could never imagine being so generous with something so painful. Yeah. Like even, you know, little secrets that you have, like I don't tell my best friends, yeah. let alone um, yeah. deconstruct this, make metaphors of all the tiny broken bits inside of you and then put it back together as like a mosaic of yeah. fucking beautiful trauma yeah yeah I don't think I could perform that I couldn't even be a dancer in that show without crying the whole time like I think that's really amazing that they could do that yeah I think like as viewers we want to do this thing where we break down every piece mm. and we want to like cognitively have this tangible understanding of what it is but the feeling that it evokes is the thing that's so clear like this this thing in like my chest right now it's like that doesn't need to be like torn apart and like looked under with a microscope yeah. like you know what that is viewing with feeling rather than thinking yeah, um, I think it gives you that release. Hey, you you have a chance to be like a void for the message, kind of. Like it's almost like the same flow you feel when you when you dance. Like if you're like deep into improvisation or something after like a sweaty mm -hmm. half an hour and you find yourself in that bliss of no thought. Mm. It's a form of that. It's like channeling the message into your body without you having to do anything yeah fuck what a state to be in that's cathartic but it takes work to get there and I think like I know I've been um guilty of this 
and why dance is sometimes hard as a viewer it's because feeling stuff is shit like it's just <laughs> like this is heaviness yeah and it's amazing and challenging and like it makes you grow and be bigger to tear off those layers but um yeah oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and we like do so much work to like protect ourselves from that suffering but like having a body is suffering and like dance is just so um it's just like inherently emotional (laughs) yeah I feel like it um, creates like a caricature of the human experience, kind of. Like by being able to observe it in that small room where you're like distanced from it and the construction of time, like how you feel time pass. Just in your experience of the show, they set up this journey of recovery that like clearly spans over years. Mm. And you get to see it in a microcosm and it's so relatable. Yeah, I I just think like anything that can make you and your conception of yourself made small and almost, almost making light of it. Like they're almost, it's almost like funny. I mean, there are funny parts of the show, obviously, but. It's like a satire. It's like a. It's like a inception of satire. It's like a a satire of satire. I think they kill the ego is what. I'm trying, like, I think they kill his ego and they kill your ego when you watch it. It's so funny when he comes out in the wig, man. (laughs) (laughs) How good are those dancers, though? Fuck off. Like, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) That is dancing. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. And, you know, like, I love to shit on contemporary dance sometimes because I believe that we take ourselves too seriously sometimes. But then when I see that, I just wholeheartedly appreciate the form of it. And I might even go as far as to say is, like, contemporary movement like that has the ability to get inside of you the way that I'm not sure every form of movement can do. I think it's like so organic and natural. I mean, but it wasn't even content. It was yeah, everything, I can, right? I, it I, was, can, I feel like, like no, human I feel like movement. that is the pinnacle of contemporary dance. Like the definition yeah. of. Yeah, like, I think it's it's the potential of everything that contemporary dance can do for uh, art or a story or mm, performance. Mm. I kind of measure my experience of a show as how much clutter is going on in my head when I'm watching it. So if I'm an audience member in a show that isn't connecting with me or I don't like so much there'll be like a whole dialogue happening in my head and you know yeah, like yeah. If, if if you go to the extreme of that it'll be like I'm imagining myself taking off all my clothes running down onto the stage and screaming <laughs> being like I hate this <laughs> throwing my shoes at everyone you know you ever get that when you're an audience member <laughs> I uh... that, for me that's the extreme of a bad show experience and this is the complete opposite because there isn't a single thought that goes through your mind. You're so gripped by it. Yeah, it's very digestible, isn't it? I think the pace of it um, 
you don't think you don't feel like you're having to like really force yourself to focus on anything yeah like it pulls you along with it yeah it really satisfies your need for stimulation at the same time as it satisfies your need to sit into something Mm. so I guess that's five shoes from me yeah I'll definitely give it that I'm gonna give that a five shoe in fact that gets the five little ballet shoes award how awesome is it to feel things dance makes you feel things dance makes you feel things feeling if I'm gonna be honest if I wasn't sitting here with you with mascara on Oh, yeah. Man, Don't even worry. I, I <laughs> think I think I probably would have like let myself go a little bit. Yeah. More. Yeah. You can always go back and watch it cuz it's free on Marquee, Marquee TV. TV. And we're <laughs> not being paid to say that at all. But but we will why, accept sponsorships if yeah. you're watching this. This is why I f- felt like I had to put this episode out now because you have the chance to go and watch that for free and I don't know how long it's going to last. But isn't that a beautiful thing? you got to watch Zero Degrees next. Are you like familiar with Akram Khan's stuff? Yes. Yeah, yes. Not, not so much. I've met the man. I've performed one of his pieces. Ah, oh, which one? Cash. Um, all I'll say is it's not for me. Okay. I'm I'm coming to understand the kind of thing that you want to extract from this art form and <laughs> you, what you want to <laughs> as is the viewer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Big punches to the gut, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's something specific that I like and anything that doesn't fit in that is it's out. Okay, here's one thing that I think I'd like to, I don't even know if this is a question, but I feel like it's something like personal to you that I think about when, when I think about you as a dancer, I feel like you act upon a really honest love of dance and that that has compelled you to work really hard for it. And I don't think that's something I see a lot in people. And I would like to know if, if you could talk about that or yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a really nice thing to say. Thank you. Um, well, you know, I think I figured out pretty early on that I don't get very far doing things that I don't like to do. Like I'm pretty lazy, actually. I can't make myself do anything if there isn't joy in it. And like, there is this thing that satisfies so many different elements of who I would like to see myself become as a person. Like I think following dance on a life path is a way to get closer to the truth in the sense that, you know, you're understanding your physical form, which I think like you are not a soul inside a body, like you are your body. And so like if you want to understand yourself, then you need to like give yourself attention. And well, okay, here's a new way to put it. Yeah, yeah, since yeah, yeah. what you said was that you don't do things that don't bring you joy, but the I guess irony, irony about that is that any dancer has to put up with a myriad of things that don't make them happy to reach this dance thing. Yeah, okay, so that's okay. And I believe that you put yourself through. A lot of that 
Mm. So that to me is way better, like experiencing these obvious forms of suffering, way better than not feeling it at all, anything at all. I know what it feels like to have like a, a desk job and that was worse than mm. the worst abuse that I've received like inside a studio. And I also mean by my question that you put yourself on the other side of the world away from your family mm. for four right. whole years right? to chase this thing that you need so much. So... I think in the same vein, my decision to leave Australia, leave my home, although it was really like really hard in a lot of ways, it was so much easier than staying in place. Yeah, this is a really, I guess it's diverging from the question, but it's a topic for me that I haven't had the chance to speak about with many people. Mm. Well, um, yeah, and it's yeah. so, again, it's it's like betroffenheit. It's, it's so hard to put into words the trauma and grief and pain and suffering that accompanies moving overseas when you're from Australia on your own and the hustle and grind that no one is ever going to appreciate or understand back home, the people you miss, home you miss. And then for me, once I settled in and forced myself beyond the pain of it all, I was then torn between the part of me that I had to leave there to come back home and that then nothing is ever perfect again because you have the pros and cons of each city you've been in. And so being in Australia now, I think of everything I'm missing when I was there and being there you miss and then you're never whole again but then in a different way you are whole and you have this untouchable experience that just like it can only be in your heart you know yeah I I was actually thinking I mean I'm never not thinking about this you know when I came back here the most recent time which is like a month and a bit ago Every night I'm having dreams about being in New York and when I'm in New York, I'm only having dreams about being on the ocean and like being in Australia and it is this really permanently bittersweet thing of having these separate bodies. Your spirit is fractured and there is no way to... No matter how close you are with someone, there is no way to explain to your new family, newfound family, um, new lovers, these new relationships you're making, what the essence of home is. Yeah. In a sim- like the same way, I I don't even try to explain to people like what my experience. What, yeah. Like, cause that's, it's just life. It's just, you're living life. Like, how do you describe the flavor of water? Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's still worth it for me though. And like, I want to yeah, do it again. And like, I'm yeah. ready to start a new, because anonymity is still way too delectable for me. Like, I love the idea right. of just going to a new place and not having these attachments too. Like, yeah, it's 
And every time I can do this, I think it's like proving to yourself how much you can just camouflage and adapt yeah, to the new. That's setting. awesome. That's cool. Maybe it's just for now, but I feel like I can't do it anymore. I think I reached a point where I was using the escape to run away. I was trying not to face my real issues that, you know, occurred here and will still be here when I get back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, every time that you up and leave a place, there's all of these goodbyes that have to be had. And for me, on the most recent point, I was like, why am I torturing myself with this thing? Um, and, and feeling like so helpless to the fact that um, these goodbyes, they have to happen. There's nothing else you can do. But at the same time, every part of you feels like this doesn't have to happen. This like this really doesn't have to end. And yeah, that was my living overseas was like oh, I'd found like the perfect bliss between me and these people and the mm. experience we were having. But it was ending. It was a two-year experience for all of us. We all had to leave. We had to come home. And it was just like a realization of life is so cruel and there's nothing you can do to fight it. And yeah, so I guess I figured like putting myself back home for a long time might ease that pain. Yeah, of loss. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I think I'm too sentimental. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not. I'm a dickhead and I... Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, parents though, right? Flutter. I mean, once... No, look, no. There's a different thing where like once you're on the plane, you're like, you're in a new space already and you're like, cool. Well, actually, now that we're talking about this, it's happened like four times today that I've have this like remembering like, oh, I had a dream about this last night and it's all very relevant stuff. So last night I was leaving Sydney to go back to New York and every time I'm like it just always seems like I'm not here for long enough it always seems like I need to go and I'm not ready to go yeah yeah and every time it is like that every I cry at the airport every single time and the more beautiful the experience is like I still I've got beautiful friends here like I've got amazing Mm. connections that are very but I mean as the as this lifetime of mine expands it proves itself that it keeps going on and you're going to you're gonna have good times and you're gonna like make these connections and then you're gonna have to leave and say goodbye and it's gonna be shit and it's gonna happen again yeah um and I think like wherever you are uh it's gonna happen regardless this reminds me of a quote by Crystal Pipe about how dance disappears at the moment of its inception. Dance is life in that way. Yeah. Because it it lives and dies as it's as happening. It yeah, yeah. There is this Sanskrit word that means the space between and it's like the space in between your breath and it's the space in between one thing and another where life happens. You know, and if you miss that, yeah, I don't know, live, love, laugh without attachment, I guess is the whole story. (laughs) Well, that's it. 
<sighs> yeah. yeah. Maybe that is that is how we end it here today. Fucking big things that we got yeah. today. Thanks, Cass. Thank you. For coming in. One day all... Didn't know you are going to make me cry, but... Yeah. Here at Dance Pants, we're everything. We're everything. Everything is allowed. This is a roller coaster. Life in its every form here. Yeah. So I hope that one day my podcast can be like, like this, where it's like relevant to the moment. The rest, the next lot of them won't be, but this one is, and this is Cass, and she's my friend. And where can people find you, Cass? I've got an Instagram. It's CassMS. I, I mean, I've got a Twitter. I'm not going to make you. No, I'm not going to share. <laughs> <laughs> this has been episode four of Dance Pants. Dance Pants. Dance Pants. Thank you for watching. <laughs>